the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Right, so here we are again in the middle of July with the Mess It Up Podcast. Uh, this week, I have a returning guest. Pastor Heather is coming back to the show uh, because she either loves the show or me so much that she can't <laughs> stay away. I choose to think it's both. My guess is that she just is too nice to tell me no when I come and ask her to be on the show. Stop. Uh, but uh, we'll have her on the show. I uh, just want to start off by letting you know what the word of the week is. The word of the week this week is interim, which means um, you know something that uh, is in the intervening time of something between two things. You know, It's like not a permanent thing, but it's a... Uh, something to just kind of hold you over, like uh, a snack might be a, a, a meal. An in interim, interim snack. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that'll hopefully become apparent to you why we chose that week, or word of the week later. Uh, let me give you a couple of uh, pointers on where to find us on different things. Obviously, you're listening to us on a podcast, so whatever podcast catcher you're using, that's a great one. If you go out and rate us on this podcast, um, catcher that you're using, give us a, a, a rating and a review. That really helps new listeners find the show, and we always like to grow our, our listenership and get the message out to more and more people. So you can help us by doing that. Just give us a, a rating and a review. That would really be awesome. We're also on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are on MySpace. Still, nobody has found us on MySpace and had a conversation with us. Uh, we have a subreddit. Um, uh, called uh, Messed Up Ministries on Reddit, so check those things out. Uh, we have a blog that comes out on Monday mornings at ministerofmocha.com, so please read that and share that with people. And then obviously the, uh, the podcast here. And the way that we are able to continue doing this podcast is because of our patrons. Uh, we have people who have gone to uh, our podcast page, which is messituppodcast.com. Click on that Become a Patron button, and they are able to uh, give once a month, as little as a dollar a month, and that helps to fund the ministry, keep it so that uh, I can afford to keep doing this without going out and finding, uh, I'm air quoting, a real job. Uh, so we really, we really appreciate our patrons. If you're a patron, thank you so much. If you're not, I would ask you to prayerfully consider it. All new patrons get a copy of my book, which is called Still in Beta, and you can get that on Apple Books. You can get it on your Amazon Kindle, and you can also get a paperback version from Amazon. It's really cool. You uh, go on, order it, they print it, and send it off. It's really, really fun. So um, would love to have you join us on our patrons. We had a, a couple of new patrons join last week. That was awesome. And we had some people join us after our um, our show a couple weeks ago that uh, just engaged in some conversation and some disagreement with some things that I'd said, and it was awesome. So thank you for doing that. If you get bored uh, and just want to go on to Facebook and Leave us a message. Uh, we can talk about things. We just ask that everyone keeps it nice and uh, appropriate. And we were talking today in church. Uh, actually, Pastor Heather brought a message about James, which was uh, about the tongue. And so we just ask you to, to be Jamesful as you uh, go out on your social media and all that stuff. So I think, oh no, I didn't tell you how to get a hold of me. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, it's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. You can also get a hold of intern Dave. Out in beautiful Hawaii, if you've got a, a word of the week or a song of the week or a topic or someone that would have a great story that we could interview, uh, you can interview or email Dave at info at messituppodcast.com. And now, now I think I'm done with all my pre-roll stuff. 
PH, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How yeah. about you? So good. It hurts. If I was any better, there'd probably be two of me. Uh-huh. Yeah. And right now, Heather is drawing hearts uh, all over her thing. She's, she's doodling. I ratted her out. Wow, she just got... It was like a girl in school when I would say something. She's like, I'm not doing anything, teacher. You are more than welcome to keep on doodling. It's super fine uh, to do that. But uh, I wanted to bring you back on the show because over the past, holy mattress, six, seven months now? Almost seven months, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. They say time flies, and it, it flies in the past. It doesn't fly for me <laughs> in the present. Uh, but gosh, I just put that together that it's been seven it's been months you've been doing this. What have you been doing with your life over the past uh, oh. seven months, my friend? So um, I have, well, I was in ministry full time for the last about 10 years, but uh, in the last seven months, six months here, I have been the interim pastor at RCA. Wow. And when I first came to start working at RCA Church, you were, I believe, doing like the ushers and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And kids. Yeah, I started out doing just ushers and greeters, like the front of the house, and yeah. then I switched over being a children's pastor for a little bit. Yeah, and, and then you got ordained. Mm-hmm. No, not fully yet. I am uh, um, licensed. licensed. Got licensed. I have one more step, one more year, and I'll be I'll be ordained next year. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I remember going to your uh, your your licensation. Yes. Uh, thing, and but it's just now you're like the interim pastor uh-huh. at our church while we've uh, while we were on a pastor search. We have we have. Now, have um, one. We have got a pastor who's coming at the end of at the beginning of August. Beginning of August, so soon and very soon. Yep. But it's been a journey for you. You started at RCA Church just as a an intern, an intern, Mm -hmm. unpaid, unpaid. Wow. And that was how many pastors ago? Two. Two. Yeah. Two pastors. So you had served under two full time pastors, Uh and now this will be the third. This will be the third one. Yeah. Coming in, and I mean, we've talked about your show. If you if you don't remember or you haven't been a long-time listener to the show, uh, go back. I want to say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of show number seven that uh, this young lady first visited us and uh, talked about the fact that uh, it was show, I'm sorry, it was show number uh, nine and ten that she was on. I remember because uh, the word chagrin and plethora yes, were words of the week. my favorite. Um, but um, she has a great story, so go back and listen to that. I'm not going to ask her to tell her story now, but, but quickly, you, you were not brought up in a Christian no. home. No. Um, were you, was your family just, uh, were they, um, was there an antipathy uh, towards religion, or were mm. they aggressively against it, or? No, they were, um... They just didn't believe in it. They thought it was just a weak man's tool. And so they believed in science very heavily and into science. And and this is how it happened, Big Bang and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Did you uh, still do like the traditional, like American Christian tradition stuff of, you know, celebrate Christmas and go to church on Easter kind of a deal? No. I mean, we celebrated Christmas, but we never went to church. It was more just a social. It was just, yeah. It was just a time for the family to get together. Okay. And so then um, you've now been a Christian about the same time you had children, right? Yes. So almost, I was, I was, I have to do the math because I've been telling people I've only been a Christian for 10 years. It's been almost 15 years now. Wow. Wow. Right? It's serving at RCA for 10 out of those. Eight. Eight, eight. out of the 
15, yes. Dave, wow. Yeah, so crazy. That is. Did you ever see yourself being not necessarily a, a pastor or a, an interim pastor or lead pastor, but but in leadership where you, I mean, because you've got military experience. Right. So leadership's never scared me. I've, and I always, my own personality, I tend to drive towards being, wanting to be or trying to be a leader, right? Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable in that position. Um, and so when I came into ministry, I... Um, I didn't really fully understand or appreciate uh, what I was going to be doing or how I was going to be doing ministry. I was just very open to being willing to do whatever it was that that God. But yes, I mean, it didn't scare me. But if it was there and God called me to it, I was willing to lead. Is it is it different for you? Um, and, and I realize that there's different time phases in your career. So as a, a, a newbie in a church or any organization, you're not going to come in and no. you know, be the person in charge. But your military experience and following, is it is that helpful or is it a completely different world the way that the things work? It is helpful. There's always some, you know, some really good resources and tools that I, I learned when I was in the military. And so, but there's also some habits I learned in the military that have hindered me as a pastor. Uh, I am I love being able to put my hands on things and work and get things done and accomplish things. And I love equipping others to do that same thing. So that's something the military taught me how to do right. was to equip and allow other people to lead. And I feel comfortable with that. But at the same time, one of the struggles I've had is um, the do this, <laughs> telling people what to do stuff and, and not really allowing people to, to go into what they've been called to do. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've got a hole that needs to be filled, and say, "All right, yeah, do this." Yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. And when, in the military, you were more along uh, the enlisted line. Yes, I was officer. enlisted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And both uh, corps, because you served Navy and Air Force, so you were enlisted yeah. in both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, ever have any aspirations toward officership when you were Never, there? Never. No. Okay. Not at all. So um, I remember when. So going back now to January of this year, mm-hmm. and um, we suddenly were without a pastor, mm-hmm. and uh, that left you as like oldest person on the boat in terms of the seniority. only pastor on staff yeah. too, yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the questions I had asked, and the, the as we went into a pastor search, I asked you if you were interested mm-hmm. in that position. And at that point, you said you weren't sure, and then you said, no, you weren't. Yeah. Uh, what was it that made it so you didn't feel like you wanted to be that? Hmm. Because you said you like to lead. Why did you not want to step into that? Yeah, and so, right? And so the last six months have confirmed that for me also, is that, listen, I'm willing to step in. I don't enjoy being the main person in charge. Um, I'm more of a second in, a second lieutenant, right? Mm-hmm. I'm more of that person who, listen, I'm going to lift you up as the main leader. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to do whatever it is that you need to do so that you can be successful. But I did not, and I still don't enjoy being the only, like that, that head figure. Um, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of uncomfortable times a lot of uncomfortable conversations you have as as the lead pastor right um and so i also have four children that are teenagers and i have a a huge focus on them right now so for me i didn't want that time taken away from my family Mm -hmm. and i also just don't feel comfortable in that lead position yeah i know when i stepped into because i am i would much rather be the vice president right than the president right uh, and when I stepped into 
leadership of Sober Recovery back in, gosh, it must have been 2005, uh, because our le- leader of the mis- uh, ministry left. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, everyone just kind of looked at me. And I don't, you know, I'm a codependent. Mm-hmm. I want to make people happy and want them to like me. And so when I had to have a difficult conversation with a person like, okay, we know that you're relapsed and you're, you know, or you're you're in leadership and we, we have to ask you to stop yeah. for a while. That is not something that I like. It's something that I run away from and I'm happy to give to somebody else. Right. But I know when I wear that big boy hat and say, all right, I'm in charge here, it's up to me. That's the job. Yeah. And that's what I always tell myself. That's like one of my mantras is it's the job. Yeah. And I've got to do it even though it's uncomfortable. And I see some people who do it so well and they're able to divorce themselves from the emotion of it I guess and I have some envy but then I also think well the reason that I have that emotion is it's 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 the balance of it weighs out in my favor I think to put my emotion into it and maybe feel and hurt but but I get the joy that comes with the emotion too and instead of just that I don't know I can't well you know and one of the things that I've seen and one of the things I strive for if one day I am called to be a lead pastor is that these people who have those tough conversations, these pastors and these leaders that have those tough conversations, they do it with such a grace, mm-hmm. right? And it's not even like divorcing themselves from the situation or being able to make themselves disconnected from that conversation. It's that they handle that conversation with grace and love and they're able to do it so well. That's one of the things I strive for in, in, in being a pastor is being able to lead others so well in love and grace, right? Right. So how do you do that? How do you fi- how do you find that? How do you mm. learn that? Are you a, <laughs> like do you watch people online? Do you yeah. just observe people in your life? Do you read books? Are you taking classes? What? How do you get that training? You know, yeah. So for me, I mean, outside of you know, I went to school for ministry. However, I also one of the biggest things I've learned is uh, is is having a lot of conversations, surrounding myself with people who are better than me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and looking at them and, and watching what they do, but also life experience has, says a lot. And then once you go through that and go, Hey, I wish I'd done that better. I wish I'd said this, or I could have said that better, but then also not even that is, so I, you said earlier, I preached on James and it's going back to, for me, everything I do goes back to the Bible and it should go back to the Bible. And when we read the book of James, it says, do your words show Jesus like are your words showing mm-hmm. the love of Jesus to those mm-hmm. around you and so for me how I do that in my leadership and in my in my conversations and in my counseling sessions that I have with people in the churches do the words I say reflect love and kindness yeah and it's just a growing and a maturity thing that takes time it just doesn't happen overnight exactly and and I couldn't agree with you more and a lot of times when we agree with people in church we say amen which brings amen. me right. to our song of the week, which oh, is nice. uh, the Amen song, hey. uh, the blessing, and um, it's uh, it's just a tremendous song. If you've not heard it yet, uh, we're going to give you a little snippet. We'll be back on the other side of this to tell you our thoughts and to talk a little bit more about um, Heather and her journey as this interim pastor. So we'll see you in about ninety seconds.
Yes. Here we go. That song is indeed just so blessing to me, and it's just it's a gorgeous, gorgeous song. I love the the way that it builds on itself, um, and and sometimes I enjoy these simple songs as they do that. They just kind of they don't have to do a lot with the words because they they do with the music and let the emotion and the the build come from that. And I enjoy that about this song, but. Uh, what made you pick this song for us, uh, Heather, for our song of the week? <laughs> I love this song. This song for me is actually um, not a worship song, but it is a blessing song. What the what the what it is, and so for me, it's every every single line of the song comes from scripture. It is 100% biblically based. However, it's the blessings and the promises of God that's being poured out upon you. And it's just remembering, for me, it's remembering that God wants to be for us and not against us. And he wants our children to be blessed, our children's children to be blessed. And so I know for me, whenever I I hear, um, I get really choked up whenever I hear something about my children, because that's what I I crave for my children, is my children to be blessed and for their children to be blessed, you know? And so for me, I love this song it's more of a, a blessing upon myself than more of a, me worshiping God right it's remembering what God has done for mm-hmm. me rather than remembering or um, worshiping God yeah. per se. so yeah it's um, the first time I remember hearing this song was Mother's Day mm-hmm. and we were driving to my niece Beverly's house to go do Mother's Day and we were listening to their church online and um, their worship people were doing this song with um, I think it was two sisters and a mom mm-hmm. so two adult sisters and a, their their mother but their voices were just gorgeous and just I want to say it's not haunting but it's just like it was like hauntingly beautiful that kind of thing was right. just like so full but so sparse and I told them I said well, I gotta find out what this song is I want to start doing this song I love we song. start doing church again and um, the the thing about it is, is it's, it's not something for me. Okay. It doesn't say the Lord bless me, the Lord keep me. This is the offering, the Lord bless you yes. and the Lord keep you. And I remember going to mass with one of my friends uh, many, many years ago. I would go with him and I loved it's the It's a benediction, part right? When they would go around each other, you know, peace be with you and also with you. I yes. Loved, I loved that, just the interaction and it was so expected and robotic in some ways but it was also like I would listen to it I was like thank you because that's not what people were saying I was in the middle of my court stuff and people were not saying to me Bless peace you. be with you yeah. they were like get out yeah. I hope you die um, so it made a difference and, and so I love just these thoughts of what God's we're asking promises. God to do and yeah they're promises for yeah. God and and that idea of our children and their children and their mm-hmm. children and yeah. on and on and on because it can be easy for me to get stuck in uh, small-mindedness and just thinking, well, what difference do I make? Right. And, you know, I'm just one of seven and a half billion little dots running around on the planet and who cares? And right. I've got this tiny little podcast in the desert and who cares? Um, but this this is the promise. Yeah. Um, that God cares. He's for you. And if God cares, yeah. well, then, you know, if you're going to convince one person in the room and you've got God, the rest are all going to either fall in line or fall off the boat. Right. You know, so, yeah. Excellent. So, um, I want to kind of just talk to you about the last six months again okay. and, and, and ask you about the challenges that you've faced. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I'm sure, some practical challenges like, okay, uh, 
who's supposed to be in charge of ordering, you know, <laughs> soap or whatever. But right. then other, you know, more meta kind of challenges and, and, and theoretical ones. What are some challenges that you faced um, as an interim pastor that were different than what you faced as being the leader of children's ministry or the youth yeah, ministries, uh, right? And so, right. So when this happened, when the situation happened at our church, I was, I was, at that time, over small groups and what we call guest assimilations, which is gre- like making sure the new guests are feeling welcome. So that that's what I was doing. And then all of a sudden, this and that happened. was under the auspices of associate pastor. Yeah, they okay. called it the connections pastor. Mm-hmm. And so, and then. Out of nowhere, this happened very unexpectedly where I was cast into this position and I was asked to be in this position. And I knew understanding that if I took the position the way our church runs is that you cannot be considered for that lead pastoral position permanently. And I knew that going into it and I was okay with that, as I had said earlier. But um, I was, I've had no, I mean, I've had training, but I didn't have training to be a lead pastor. I had no clue what the finances were. I had no clue what the budgets were. I didn't know who was doing what. Um, I didn't know anything. And so I was thrown into this situation of chaos and, and then also trying to unpack and work through some, some personal concerns and issues that I was having to deal with because of our lead pastor having to step out. And so... With that being said, the, the the huge struggle for me straight out the gate was being able to go, what am I doing? And not understanding the, the, the lead pastoral role at all. And, and going, oh, there's so much more that goes into this than anything that people would probably discern. And so I have no budget skills. I have no <laughs> understanding. And then, you know, on top of, you know, being in this a little bit of a chaotic situation and our, our, our past pastor leaving under not great circumstances, we we're also in the middle of a multi-million dollar building campaign. Um, and then we were also thrown into COVID in March. And then we were also thrown into a pastoral search. So we didn't just have one thing being thrown at me as what they would call the interim pastor, which is basically the lead pastor, but not, right? right. You're just that, you're, I'm a substitute teacher for the church, right? Yeah. And so... But because of that, I still had to deal with everything, and I just had no clue, and it was insane. I know pastors who never have had to deal with one of these issues, and I was dealing with all four of them at right. once, and, and not, not being trained or equipped. And so for me, that was a huge problem in having to really just take the time and listen to people, search people out, ask a lot of questions, a lot of meetings, a lot of board meetings, a lot of one-on-one meetings going, what is going on? I really don't understand. Do you think because, um, and again, you know, if people haven't figured out, you're female Mm -hmm. um, in a traditionally male role. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you've been doing, you've been Pastor Heather at our church for years now. Mm-hmm. So I think our, our congregation is used to Pastor Heather. Yeah. Uh, I see, you know, in the past I've seen, especially when you're doing children, uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people just saw you as a glorified babysitter and yeah. it was cute and pat you on the head and senior. Right. Have you had, do you think because you've been Pastor Heather and doing these things, it's a little easier for you to step in as a female in this? Or did you face any kind of struggles and hurdles with, your gender uh, yeah. trying to do this. Yeah, yeah. So, listen, I think that there's always some kind of bias towards women in ministry, right? Um, I, I, across the board, I'd have to argue that 
a male stepping into this position probably would have had an easier time than myself. However, I think that me stepping into this role in this situation at this church was actually not hard at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I stepped into it and it was okay. People knew me in. I think that it was okay for this season because um, our church needed healing. Yeah. And I think sometimes the maternal side or the or the female side promotes a little bit more of a healing. Right. Right. And so for me, I mean, it's always a, I know that it's always uh, a problem, but it wasn't it wasn't too much of a concern this go around. Did the COVID help in some ways because there was a separation yes yeah ironically right oh yeah so everything stopped at our church once COVID happened uh, but at the same time even though it helped and like all of a sudden we were really condensed down in what we were doing we were not having um events we weren't doing small groups we weren't meeting in person everything went to online and and that really helped take a lot off of my plate however at the same time it put something brand new onto our plate mm-hmm. which we never had to deal with which was online services right we didn't have a sound team we didn't i mean all of our worship team was pretty much out the door because of the covid none of them wanted to come in and and actually do worship and so it was crazy where we were just thrown into this situation of how do we do this and how do we do online well and it's funny because both of you you and i have aged in this podcast (laughs) because we both just in the last uh, couple minutes said the covid Ah. I heard myself say it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to say something about it. And then you said it. So I'm like, oh, Sister Heather is old with me. That's yes, awesome. I am. Um, so obviously hurdles. What about some some joys or unexpected uh, treasures that you've had? Yes. And so there has been joy in this. And it's, it's crazy because in the hurt came healing. And for the first time in, in seven years, uh, our staff was able to come together and talk openly with each other without the fear um, and, and communicate together. And so healing was brought uh, and communication has improved greatly. And now we, I feel more of a team than I have in seven years. And so that's, that's the biggest win and the, the biggest glory I can see is that we feel as a church staff that we are about the same mission and business, right? And that we are all working together as one. So that's a great win in my opinion. Yeah. And still, um, you know, we, you've got a couple weeks left. Are you counting it down? Do you have a chain where you're cutting off a, right? a little bit of the chain every day? No. Yeah. So it's so funny. So we're not going to just... so the. The church board had just talked to me. Pastor Aaron had just talked to me. So I have, I will be on staff as the interim pastor for 100 days after he gets here. And so they're not just cutting me off and they're not they're not allowing me to say, oh, Aaron's got it. Here we go. Okay, so, there's a transition. so there's going to be a transition period. So, but yes, there is this sense of relief for me knowing that someone's going to come in and that I'm not responsible for everything once yeah. he gets here. I don't sit well with that kind of pressure. Yeah. So then what's next? So what's next is, I don't know, right? It's, it's being one of those things where since I've come into ministry in the last 10 years, it's always been, God, what is your will for me? What is your desire for me? And I and that's what I'm, I'm praying for. And I know that, you know, no matter what, when our new pastor comes in, that God's will will be done. And if that means that I stay as an associate pastor or an executive pastor, if I just go back to doing small groups, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just doing what God has set before me and being a willing servant. Yeah. So right now we, we're not 100% sure what's going to happen next. That's so fun. Yeah. I love the... Do you, how, do you like that? I mean, are you okay with the... Oh, I hate adventure? that. No, I hate it. You want more of a plan. I love stability, but it's okay. And the thing is, is... 
and this is advice that I would give to anyone coming into a church, is that you, the last thing you want to do is come in and throw all these changes down. Over. And so, you know, Aaron or whoever comes into a new church needs to understand that, listen, you need to come in and get to know your church first, get to know your people, get to know your staff, and then you make changes, right? And, yeah. and so that's and that's what he's doing. He's doing a great job with that so far from what I can see. So, Yeah, it got real for me the other day. I was uh, walking through a room that had a, a, a board on it in that, that conference room and saw the calendar and like, okay, there's his name on for speaking. And it's like, oh, wow, it's getting real. And, and I've been like super, I've always been a big fan of yours. And so I was just like super thrilled for you to be able to do it. And I hated that, you know, it couldn't be there and saying amen in, in church, you know. While you're it, gone, it's, yeah. It's different while you're, you know, on Facebook saying yeah. amen in the living room because different. the person doesn't hear it. Was that a trick for, or, you know, difficult for you preaching oh, it was awful. to the silence? I hated it. I have to tell you, I hate it. I feed off of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I love when people talk to me during my message and they say amen or praise God or, you know, preach. I love that because it just encourages me. And so all of a sudden, we, once again, you're thrown into a room and you're speaking to nobody but yourself. Yeah. And it's hard. Did you? Are you the kind when you're doing it online, are you watching the comments come? Or No, I can't because I'm super ADD and I can't. Okay, yeah. I, I remember doing a CR and you were watching when I was in Tennessee yes. and you said preach it or something like that. Right. And I, you saw it, didn't yeah, you, huh? Felt, I can't. It felt like, I don't know, it was just this huge blast of like, okay, there's encouragement. That's a big thumbs up from someone, but it's not like hearing it in the room. No, it's you not. Know, it's it's, it's a, a different thing. I love the in-person yeah. uh, part of it. The interaction, the, yeah. Yeah. I so like um, closing it up here, what's, what's the message out of the mess of this whole situation with interiming and COVIDing and... Yeah, you know, and one of the things is out of chaos comes fear, right? And so for me, I I don't like saying that as the interim pastor coming into a situation, being thrown into it, and that it was chaotic because it would be very easy for me to say that. But I do feel that it was the will of God. And so out of this mess, I believe God is working and going to work great things. I believe healing is coming. It already has come. Mm -hmm for people in our church and for our staff. And so for me, out of this mess has come healing, has come truth. You know, the lightness has shined through the darkness. And and I and I, I just only, I mean, I can see a negative, but for me, it's a positive. I feel like even, even though we're under all these restrictions by California state government, whatever, it, it is what it is. And I only see God working still. And so for me, it's keep the faith, you know, trust and have faith in God that God is going to work all things for his good right. and 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 don't give up hope yeah yeah or grace or grace or max yes or, uh, oh my kids. kids my kids yeah. are my grace and max you're so funny um excellent well I really really I'm excited to see what happens next and how things pan out but I've just been it's been fun to watch this journey I see you uh Growing more comfortable in that pulpit and and teaching and uh, you know getting there where it's because it, it used to be like okay here's the one year once know, a one, year one yeah a year that we get to hear and PH, then all of a sudden now it's like all right here's the next one uh, so I, I, it's been fun to watch and I'm just super excited to Thank see you. where you go uh, with this and uh, maybe we'll do this again in six months and see what's going on Let's see what's going uh, on then with your life there uh, I want to remind the people to. Um, Go and uh, give us a rating and a review on iTunes. That's like the number one thing you can do to really help us out. If you go on whatever podcast uh, catcher you listen to, 
give us a rating and review. That'll get more people listening to the show, and that really helps out. Uh, if you want to become a patron, uh, go to messituppodcast.com. Click that button that says become a patron, and you can join our Patreon family for as little as a dollar a month uh, to do that. Thanks to our new patrons who just joined. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. And um, look for us on social media. Spread the word. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.